Hello and welcome to the Rogers Brief. I'm Adam Rogers. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. We're back after a little back from vacation after three weeks. Uh, the Mass Casualty Commission last had their hearings at the end of July. They'll be back on next Monday. I hope everybody has had a little time to enjoy the nice warm weather that we've been having in Nova Scotia. Uh, certainly here in Guysboro, where I am, uh, we had some busy times at the end of July, 1st of August, lots of people around. Come home week festivals on, lots of things for people of all ages. And then uh, actually just got back from a camping trip up to Amherst Shores, uh, the provincial park up there, really nice park. First time I was ever uh, camping there, highly recommend it. Nice beach, good big uh, camping sites, uh, nice spot to go. And of course, a beautiful drive up along the uh, Northumberland coast, uh, you know, through Tadamagush, Wallace, Pugwash, all of those nice areas up there, uh, back through Pictou County. So highly recommend it. Hopefully everybody has had a chance to, uh, like I say, take a break. I haven't taken a total break though, of course, because I've also started working on my version of the final report for the Mass Casualty Commission. As I've uh, mentioned here in this space before, my intention, and I'm already uh, got a good start on it, is to produce a report uh, I'll say a competing report to the official version because uh, who knows what they're going to come out with but if uh, the interim report and the public communications from the Mass Casualty Commission is any indication it is not going to be the uh, hard-hitting incisive uh, kind of analysis that I think this situation deserves that's what I'm going to try to provide in my own work uh, I've been working on it we'll be releasing it as an ebook and the commission report is due to be released the 1st of November. I've said mine will be released a couple of weeks before that, really aiming for early uh, October, mid-October at the latest. So uh, that's on its way, and we'll see if the proceedings that are coming up in the next few weeks uh, change that in any significant way. The other thing I'll mention just before getting to that, uh, the, uh, the other thing I did during the break was an appearance on the nighttime podcast with Jordan Bonaparte, and I mentioned that not to promote the episode so much, but to just mention that if you're a fan of this work or following the Mass Casualty Commission, hopefully you're already familiar with the nighttime podcast. Really good product that uh, Jordan uh, Bonaparte puts out. He has Paul Palango on quite often. He does a lot, a variety of other topics as well, but a lot of Mass Casualty Commission analysis. And he's nominated now for a Best in Halifax Award for podcasting. So. If you're inclined, if you're online, uh, just uh, go and uh, check that out. If you like that, uh, it's good to give Jordan the support and make him uh, the best podcast in Halifax uh, award winner. So uh, that's that. So just talk a little bit about the calendar upcoming with the Mass Casualty Commission. So Monday, the 22nd of August, is the first day back for proceedings. There's four days scheduled for next week, although there's only three days of which are, have listed witnesses. Uh, Assistant Commissioner Lee Bergerman, who was the head officer of Nova Scotia for two and a half years, and uh, including uh, the dates of the mass casualty in Nova Scotia 2020, she is going to be testifying Monday and then half of the day Tuesday. And then we're going to hear from RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky, who's going to finish off the day Tuesday and then testify Wednesday, a day and a half each. Thursday is also listed as a day where the commission is going to be sitting, but uh, there's nobody listed as a witness yet on the website for that date. 
Similarly, next week, August 29th through September 1st, there is a block of preceding time. Same with the following three weeks, so September 6th through 8th, missing Labor Day, uh, 12th through 15th, and then 19th through 22nd. So essentially there are five three or four day weeks worth of uh, proceedings upcoming, and then that's it. Then there's nothing on the calendar for October. That is the time the commissioners will be using, the commissioners and their communication staff will be using to uh, prepare the final report for issuance on November 1st. So uh, one would expect that work is already well underway. But it's what uh, the question it raises is, what is going to be taking place during these other four weeks plus a day? It's not quite clear from what the commission has said so far, but we think, or I think, that there'll be maybe some of the same expert witnesses brought back to say, all right, well, now that you've had a chance to look at all this and hear the evidence, do you have any other recommendations? Do you have any recommendations that are specific rather than just the broad, generalized sort of expertise that the experts were providing over the last couple of months? Uh, maybe they'll turn their minds to actual specific recommendations. Uh, it's not, uh, wasn't clear that any of them, when we last saw these experts testifying, and I've said before, they haven't, they didn't make any, unlike in a civil case where experts would say, okay, here's my expertise, here's the situation, let's connect all those. And in this case, the experts have just been sort of providing uh, broadly broadly based expertise on an area without connecting it to the specific events. Maybe that's what the intention is for these uh, four weeks upcoming where nothing is yet scheduled. Uh, so that'll be uh, interesting to watch, I guess, and see. What I really suspect is going to go on here is that the commission is going to, so, and they've been asking the public, all right, tell us what you've seen so far, what you would recommend. I think what they're going to do is sort of test drive recommendations and, you know, sort of these, see these trial balloons that politicians put out, companies put out, say, all right, we're thinking about doing this. And then they gauge the public's reaction. And if it's highly negative, they're like, well, we never really intended to do that. We were just sort of leaking the information or releasing it or whatever, right? They come up with some excuse. So I think that's what the commission is going to do now. They're going to suggest, well, you know, we might do this or that and see what kind of public reaction is forthcoming. So what I would say to this, to, to you, the public and everybody is, watch for those kinds of things. If you see a recommendation coming out, which you know is completely wrong off base or whatever, make sure you make yourself heard, uh, you know, through whatever public means you have. Uh, through your through the political leaders, through the participants, uh, whatever means you have to uh, have that voice heard before something becomes a final recommendation. Because once it becomes a final re recommendation, then what happens is a lot of the stuff that led into that might be forgotten and only the final recommendation will be uh, remembered. So, uh, and it'll be in the final report as well. So watch for that. Okay, so uh, what we're going to expect uh, next week is to hear from Lee Bergerman and uh, Commissioner Brenda Lucky. Uh, this week, we uh, actually just yesterday, we, there was uh, parliamentary hearings, the continuation of the hearings where Assistant Commissioner Bergerman and Commissioner Lucky had testified uh, last month in Ottawa. This is a parliamentary committee on national security looking into the political interference the alleged political interference, uh, 
quite clear that there was political interference from uh, Bill Blair's office, from the Prime Minister's office, to Brenda Lucky, who then fed that on to the Nova Scotia RCMP. So Darren Campbell, who we heard from uh, former Superintendent Darren Campbell, now Chief Superintendent Darren Campbell, uh, was testifying before the Parliamentary Committee. Now these committees, they, they're very quick. So you don't get a lot of depth. They get a five minute opening statement then each uh, party, so the Liberal Party MP, Rep, Bloc Québécois, NDP, and Conservative MPs, each get five minutes to then question the witness, which is nothing. Like you can spend a minute and a half just asking a question, and then if the witness takes a second to answer a little bit too long, then they're trying to cut them off and get to the next question, and inevitably, they get to the five minutes, and end of the five minutes, and it's like, well, I had a bunch more other questions, but well, here we go, and off they go. So you don't get a lot of depth. But uh, Darren Campbell did give uh, five minutes of uninterrupted introductory time. I noticed he was wearing his police uniform. He wasn't wearing his police uniform at the Mass Casualty Commission proceedings. And there's no accident to these things, I'm sure. He was uh, wanting to present himself, I think, more on the national stage, maybe as, um, you know, before the parliamentarians as a police officer, a senior police officer. And, you know, when he was before the commission, he was Darren Campbell, uh, you know, citizen Darren Campbell, who happens to be a police officer, but, you know, he did his own thing and doesn't want to be dragged down with the rest of them in the commission proceedings. So an interesting choice on his part to uh, be wearing the uniform as opposed to his business suit, which he wore at the uh, commission hearings. Nothing new uh, in terms of information. He talked about how he took an oath when he became a nursing P officer not to let anything interfere with him. And gosh darn it, he wasn't going to let anything interfere with him today either. Uh, let alone, you know, even pressure from his political masters. Or sorry, his, uh, his superior officer within the RCMP. Again though, no specific information. So the explanation throughout all this from the RCMP side, from Darren Campbell, from Chris Leather, and I suspect now from Lee Bergerman, we'll hear tomorrow, or sorry, Monday, is that they wanted they, they didn't give the specific makes and models of the firearms because they were worried about ongoing investigation. What we didn't hear from Darren Campbell during his earlier Mass Casualty Commission testimony, nor uh, yesterday in his parliamentary testimony, was any specifics about that investigation, what might have been affected by letting the, uh, allowing the public details of the investigation to which we're entitled, uh, holding back that information did not seem to further any real investigation into any accomplices, potential, uh, you know, cross-border arrests. None of that was uh, aided or seemed to have been affected specifically by this information. So, um, Keep that in mind as we hear from Lee Bergman and Brenda Lucky as to this concern of uh, how dare anybody interfere with an ongoing investigation. Well, was there an ongoing investigation with which to interfere? That's not so clear. Okay, so uh, Lee Bergman, uh, I'll just mention her for a minute. Lee Bergman was the uh, head RCMP officer in Nova Scotia for two and a half years. She announced her retirement which was going to be effective October of, and was effective of October of 2021, so last year, as the commission hearings were supposed to start. 
They were going to start late October. Her retirement was going to be early October. Hardly seems like that is possible that it is a coincidence. We don't have a full statement provided by uh, the commission. It's not clear yet where whether Assistant Commissioner Bergerman has made a full statement. Uh, so that hasn't been released. Maybe we'll get that over the weekend before she testifies. Maybe afterwards. You never quite know that with the commission. There was some... Uh, oh, so when she retired, she was thanked by Nova Scotia Justice Minister Brad Johns in the legislature and that was unanimously supported by all parties and all MLAs in the legislature. Tempting to read something into this, like the government is supporting uh, the RCMP and are not inclined to you know, make any tough, tough calls or decisions or make any changes with respect to the RCMP's presence in Nova Scotia, given that the current justice minister thanked the outgoing uh, head of the RCMP in Nova Scotia after what was already quite clear at that point, I think, was uh, subpar performance at best. So, hard to know whether that was a meaningful thank you and a supported thank you, or, or whether if anybody's watched the legislature any length of time, you'll see MLAs getting up to, you know, congratulate some sports team in their local area, can, you know, note some business that's been open for a long time wish somebody a happy anniversary, and then say, all right, does everybody agree with that? And yes, okay, move on. People are barely listening in many cases to those congratulatory messages. Very meaningful to the people receiving them, no doubt, but within the legislature, it seems like those are just sort of, all right, next, 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 next. And this may have been one of those as well. Head of the RCMP is retiring. Nobody really knows who she is anyway. Off she goes. See you later. Uh, but... It certainly could be interpreted to say that there is political support for the ongoing presence of the RCMP in Nova Scotia and the suggestion that Ms. Bergman did a good job as the leader for her two and a half years in uh, the position. However, uh, anybody that watched her press conference or her participation in the press conference may not feel quite so strongly about that. In her April 19th press conference, very short, her participation she uh, opened up by men mentioning the death of Heidi Stevenson, RCMP uh, member Heidi Stevenson, and the injury to Chad Morrison. And then she didn't mention anybody else. There were 21 other victims, and uh, none of them were mentioned until the questions started being asked by the media. These, uh, the civilian victims were not in the prepared remarks for uh, Lee Bergerman on the uh, day of uh, April 19th, 2020. So that was a curious thing. The other one uh, was that uh, Assistant Commissioner Bergerman tried to hire her husband, uh, former uh, Staff Sergeant, uh, RCP Staff Sergeant Mike Butcher, to be the liaison officer between the RCMP and the Mass Casualty Commission in terms of handling disclosure. And uh, that uh, decision was reversed after it was publicly revealed that it was uh, her husband. And of course, all kinds of potential conflicts uh, would be involved in such a scenario. So that was reversed, but it was attempted. So that's also a bad thing. She'll have to explain that. The other thing I think I'd like to hear her try to explain is why they called the operation, well, I know why, but why they called the operation in Nova Scotia H Strong. H, H division is Nova Scotia. That's the RCMP's division. Each province gets a different letter. So they named the operation. 
Well, it was obviously co-opting the hashtag Nova Scotia Strong, which had developed. And so it was definitely an attempt by the RCMP to latch on to the, um, the public sympathy, the, the outpouring of, of support, all of those things. And they were trying to adopt that themselves, co-opt the feelings of the public. And, uh, you know, these things don't go unnoticed. And I'm sure that was no accident either. So that'll be, uh, I think, a question she should be answered. She should answer now. Whether should they ask that during uh, her direct testimony, I would have my doubts. But uh, as I understand it, Miss Bergman and uh, Brenda Lucky are both going to be cross-examined as well. Brenda Lucky, uh, who's going to testify starting on Tuesday afternoon, going into Wednesday, we've heard uh, lots of statements from her. I understand she'll uh, probably repeat what she did in Ottawa, which is that she was not applying political pressure, but that she felt independently that it was the right thing to do to release this information. And she may point out that there was, uh, that the Nova Scotia RCMP didn't seem to be doing a great job of handling things at the time, needed some guidance from her. And uh, she was uh, in the position to give that guidance, both officially and perhaps um, professionally, just because uh, it seemed like Nova Scotia needed some help. So. I'll be interested to see if she takes that line. Uh, certainly, as she denied in her testimony in Ottawa that she gave any political pressure or that she felt she received any undue political pressure. So uh, we'll see if she maintains that as well. So uh, interesting week coming up. And then hopefully we'll hear either late this week or uh, when the commission proceedings start, what the expectation is for the following four weeks to come afterwards, uh, whether... You know, we're going to hear from further factual witnesses or whether it's just going to be a, a parade of potential recommendations that the commissioners uh, will have to sort of suss through. So we watch for that uh, back on Monday. And if anything happens in the meantime, I'll, uh, I'll try to bring it to your attention over social media. But uh, in the meantime, be back, back to uh, the proceedings, back from vacation. Uh, thank you for watching. I hope you uh, are enjoying your vacation. Continue to enjoy the warm weather for uh, the next few weeks, months, I guess, as it turns out here in Nova Scotia, hopefully. So until then, uh, thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.